Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I'm JT, and on today's show, we're going to be doing a live NFL mock draft going through the 32 teams in the first round. And rather than me having just having myself just regurgitate what I would do, I decided to be more fun to bring someone else on. So I'm excited to be joined by the college sports hives, Leaf to Lee. Leaf, thank you for joining me. How are you doing today? Doing well, and thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited. Uh, the draft dra- draft just under 24 hours away, and the, and the adrenaline's pumping. So I'm, I'm excited to make this mock draft with you. Exactly. Fun to do a last minute mock. You get a lot of the information and different things like that. So how we're going to do it today is I have the even picks. Leaf has the odd picks. We're going to talk. We're each going to make a pick. Going to talk about a little bit what we think about it, and we're going to do a little bit of mixture. It's number one would be what we think the team will do, but we're also going to sprinkle in some of what we would do if it's close between a few guys. We think so. Without further ado, let's get into it. Leaf, what are the Jacksonville Jaguars doing at number one? I don't really have a surprise for you here, and I, mean, I will make some bolder picks, but this one is is not one to be trifled with. So they'll be taking Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. He's been projected to be the number one pick of this draft since he stepped on campus at Clemson. He took over that starting job. Um, he's got all the intangibles. He throws the ball really well. Uh, he moves. He's got the leadership intangibles. He's been under the spotlight, played primetime competition, made the college football playoff all three years, won a national championship as a freshman, runner-up sophomore year, lost in the semifinals as a junior. But he was 34-2 and two as, a, as a starting quarterback for Clemson. And you don't really make players um, and, and say and, and, and find a guy that is more more prototypical for what both current and old NFL. And he's the perfect combination, the, the passover from from the old pocket quarterback who's who's long and tall to a very mobile guy. He fits both. And he's a he's a prototype. So that, no surprises there. Urban Meyer gets this guy. No, absolutely. I thousand percent agree with you. There have been rumors that some people prefer Zach Wilson. But I, the reason I don't even think it's a question in general is could you imagine if you pass on Trevor Lawrence and he's everything he lives up to be, everyone would be fired instantly if they made that mistake. So, yeah, it's going to be Trevor. It's been locked in forever. It is amazing to see a guy live up to that hype coming out saying, hey, oh, in three years, he's going to be the number one pick, best quarterback prospect we've seen in a long time. And he did exactly that. So that was something that was cool. All right. So I'll go up for the Jets at number two. And just like Leaf, I'm not doing anything crazy here either. It is going to be Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback. And I mean, he's really phenomenal. I think I know as a Utah guy, I have every reason to hate this guy, but I can't help but love him when I watch the film, the arm strength. He's mobile. He can escape the pocket. He can make any throw off platform, fitting into tight windows. He's fun. He's electric. He's exciting. He is what today's NFL is. He is a, he has the potential to be a top five quarterback in the NFL one day. I truly believe. I know the Jets have had their quarterback issues for a while, but they've made strides to improve the offensive line. I loved Makai Becton last year and he lived up to expectations. Also bringing Corey Davis. Davis, have Denzel Mims, who, who showed nice flashes as a rookie as well. And the defense will play much better under Robert Sala. I think the future does look up for the Jets for the first time in a while. We've been saying that for a while. They've been trying lots of different quarterbacks for a while. But I personally, I really like Zach Wilson. I, there's a little concern with the turnovers, but when they traded away Sam Darnold, they said that their guy was Zach Wilson, and I would make the pick too. Would you have done that? Say that how different is Darnold from – from Wilson do you like like Darnold's number three pick and and he struggled but how much do you attribute that to Darnold or versus the offense and just the Jets culture that's been criticized so much because there was a guy in Panay Sewell that I know you're really high on um that that I think you could have made a pick and said now we got Becton and Sewell and we we were living with Darnold Uh, would you have been tempted to do that I know that's not the case right now but I just wanted to read your mind on that 
I might've been, and I do, to go back to the first question, I attribute it more to the circumstance and situations than anything else. I just don't think Adam Gates was a good head coach. So I attribute that more to anything else. The offensive line was poor. The receiver play was bad. But at the same time, I will say there were moments and plays to be had, and Sam Darnold didn't always make the right play. You still saw the flashes and potential, but there were still some bad turnovers. I'm not saying that's all his fault, but it is something that is a fact that happened. And the biggest thing that might have paid into factor here is the money. I, we For not being unsure still, like I, we think Sam Darnold will still be good, but it's not a fact. We don't feel as good about Sam Darnold as we do about Josh Allen, for example, because we saw Josh Allen be able to do it and get in done. So I think that's why it's like, hey, we could get a guy who's cheaper, Zach Wilson is a little more electric in terms of what is today's NFL because he is a little bit more mobile in that regard inside the pocket, does have a stronger arm than me. So I think the combination of the cheaper, the cheaper price because he is a rookie and just how electric he is, I think. And Robert Saul is obviously not tied to this guy. So they, they felt they okay moving off. So honestly, I probably would have traded him too. And that's just because I do feel with Becton, George Fant was all right last year for them at right tackle. He got a few more picks in this draft. So I think I would have done the same, but. Leaf, let's hear what you would have done. It for, for now, you got number three. We have we have trade enough to come in here as the 49ers. There's been a lot of made about this, a lot of hype about it. What do you think they're going to do? I think they're going to take Mac Jones, and I think I'd do the same because you he may not be the flashiest pick, but what he is is he's accurate, he's, in, he's intelligent, he's, very, he's not very mobile, but he's very good in the pocket. He slides up and down in the pocket very well. Uh, he hits his receivers. There's a lot of people questioning how much was him versus how much was his top tier receivers. But what you have to say is he puts the ball in places um, for the receivers and only the receivers to catch them. And sure, they're talented, but um, you play enough STC defenses, you win a national championship, you compete in the SEC, um, you're going to play quality defenders. And he was unfazed. He had ridiculous numbers. They were Heisman-like. Obviously, his teammate Devontae Smith won the Heisman. That was a credit to how great he was. But what I'll say is, what did the 49ers lack? And that was accuracy from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and what Mac Jones can bring is a cheaper option that is more accurate and more poised, fewer mistakes, whether, and then open up the playbook more, have some more deep shots, something. Um, I know Shanahan goes a lot of slants, a lot of run plays, but he can open up the playbook to throw more complicated throws because he's a more accurate and a stronger arm quarter. Well, maybe not stronger armed, but he's certainly more accurate and he's more decisive. He's quicker to make the decisions as well than Jimmy Garoppolo. And, I know Trey, Trey Lance is in the discussion. Obviously, Justin Fields might be as well. But I just think you go with Mac Jones because of the um, projectability initially. Like, he can come in year one and make you a really good playoff contender because the rest of the pieces are there. Um, and if he progresses, his ceiling isn't that low, but his floor is much higher than the other two, in my opinion. Absolutely agree with everything you just said. I think Mac Jones will be the pick. And I don't, I think it's a great pick, honestly, for them because of those reasons you had. Everyone loves to hate on Mac Jones because he doesn't look the best in his uniform. He's not the most athletic guy. But we just saw a quarterback win from inside the pocket. I know it's Brady, but it's still 43-year-old Brady. So it shows when you know how to move around the pocket and be effective that way, you can make up for lack of great mobility. The ball placement is also phenomenal, putting the ball in the position for those receivers to go make a catch as well. I'm a huge Mac Jones fan. You get Mac Jones on that rookie contract. You can pay the rest of the guys for the roster. I think that would be a phenomenal move. Now, what makes it interesting is you get the Atlanta Falcons at number four right here. This is where the draft kind of starts for me. We all feel pretty strongly where the top three picks are. Heck, even if it's not Mac Jones somehow, it's Trey Lance. So we know the first three are quarterbacks. So it becomes interesting for Atlanta. And once again, we're doing what we think will happen. Because if I was making this pick, I would take Justin Fields, no doubt for me. But it's the Atlanta Falcons. And all the rumors have pointed to Kyle Pitts. 
the generational mismatched tight end who can really do it all. He runs phenomenal routes. He makes tough contested catches. He can go up and high point the ball to. He would be a really good receiver in this draft, but he's a miss, a huge mismatch at tight ends because of that athleticism and ability to change direction. So I think they're going to pair him with Hayden Hurst. I think Arthur Smith coming in still thinks he has a window to win with Matt Ryan, and that's what they're going to try and do. This offense is going to be really good. I don't expect them to trade Julio Jones. And I just think because of how special Kyle Pitts is and they're trying to win right now, they're not going to pass on him. I agree. I think that's what they're going to do as well. I've heard a lot of rumors on quarterbacks, and I'd be I'd be very um... – I'd be very curious to see if they were to go with the hometown boy and Justin Fields and see if they were to rally the state of Georgia behind him uh, and see what happened there. I'd be very curious to watch that happen. It's, but I think if they do take a quarterback, that means they're going to give up Julio Jones and go full rebuild mode. Um, so that's another thing, interesting to, thing to monitor. And I think that is the start of the draft, to be honest with you. Like that is where the uncertainty really takes off in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree there. So, but another thing that's fun uncertainty in terms of, it's, we feel like it's down to two guys, but no one knows which of the two it's going to be. Is the Cincinnati Bengals one of my favorite teams to talk about in this draft? So what do you have Cincinnati doing at five, Lee? Well, I would take Panay Sewell. Um, I say this because I think that football, and I've been kind of groomed this way based off the teams I root for. I've, I've watched Stanford football my entire life, and that is a team that is, uh, they call it the Tunnel Workers Union, and they, they play in the trenches. Um, they got party in the backfield on the defensive line and the offensive line. That is where it's made in the, uh, the run game. You used to run like 70% of the time, almost even when they had Andrew Luck, it felt like. Um, so long story short, speaking of Andrew Luck, that is the perfect segue as sad as it is. He was not protected by the Colts and um, his career was shortened. And I know he was a- able to play great football, but I think Joe Burrow is capable of being a great quarterback in this league. He showed incredible flashes as a rookie. Um, and he already has had a season ending injury year one. Um, you can't al- allow your quarterback to be in line of fire that often. And I know they've got competent players on the offensive line. Jonah Williams, for instance, um, I think is a solid player, but Panay Sewell is generational as a tackle, in my opinion. He won the Outland Trophy as a sophomore. He sat out this year, only got stronger and faster, according to all reports. I would take Panay Sewell. I think what they will do is take um, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow's teammate from LSU. And this is no slight to Jamar Chase. I think he's the best receiver in this draft. Um, I just think that it's more important you keep your franchise quarterback upright while the, you while you have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd under contract on that same team. No, yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I won't kill him if they take Jamar Chase personally, as I don't think you will either, correct? Yeah, just because it feels like Jamar is just – he's such a special player. Reunite – the reuniting factor is such a big part of this. It's not just some great wide receiver either. It's one that's played together too, I think, is such a is such a big part of this discussion. So it just makes it really interesting when you talk about the Bengals. They are a lot of fun. But all righty, moving off the Bengals, we have the Miami Dolphins who traded back into the first round, get them – they traded back up. They traded back originally and got back up to this spot. And the guy they want is here. There were some rumors I heard about Jalen Waddle over Jamar Chase. To me, that's a massive draft smokescreen. I'm a huge fan of Jamar Chase, and I think he will be the pick here if the draft falls this way at number six for those Dolphins. 
he's just a mismatch. He's the best wide receiver prospect I've evaluated in the few years I've been doing this. He is a phenomenal route runner. The ability to adjust the adjust to the ball is fantastic. It's on par with Justin Jefferson, which is one of the things that allowed him to succeed in the NFL. So while last year he's an elite athlete at the position, there's really not much he can't do, honestly, with those Chris Browse, the ability to change their direction. He's a phenomenal player, and I think he's going to come in right away and really help elevate this Dolphins offense and help Tua look like the franchise quarterback they hope he can one day become. So I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. They wanted to get the best receiver in the draft, and they were able to do so in my mock. I think that's a great pick, and I, I do think Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the draft. He didn't play this season. I know Devontae Smith won the Heisman, but that I just want, we were talking about reun, uh, pot, potential reunions. Um, Devontae could have reunited with Tua in this case, and I think that would have been pretty cool if both both of them do. But I think you made the right pick there personally as well. Yeah, it will be interesting to watch them for sure. So at number seven, we have the Detroit Lions brought over Jared Goff. We'd be stunned if they drafted a quarterback, but still some pretty, pretty talented ones on the board in our mock at the moment. So what do you think Detroit does here at seven? You know, it, it's interesting to me because I think what they, Detroit does hinges a lot on what the Falcons do, because if the Falcons take a quarterback, um, I think then they for sure go wide receiver um, for because then they'll probably have even more chances to get a guy like Pitts. Oh, who's the tight end? I'll just say a pass catcher, um, yeah. Pitts, uh, Chase, or um, Smith. And in this case, I think that because of some ties to Jared Goff, they're going to still pay because he was paid a lot. They're going to stay loyal to Jared Goff, and they're going to take Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner from Alabama. I'm not sure this is what the pick will be, but in my in my head, what what makes sense to me is if if Goff is not old, he just hasn't proven too much in McVay's system. Um, made him look very good one year, and then made him look like there was a severe drop off. And I kind of believe more in the drop off than the than the incredible first season. But that said, there's too much money invested in him to go for another quarterback, in my opinion. And why not get a wide receiver one for whoever the quarterback of the future is, whether it's Goff or not. Um, you've got to get Devontae Smith in my eyes because he's a special playmaker. He runs routes. He can be a true number one uh, from uh, from day one, in my opinion. Um, they replaced Kenny Galladay as well as Matthew Stafford. And I think you need to make two kind of have a have a tandem to look forward to. And without, without a wide receiver there, they've got TJ Hawkins. And I think that he can step in and have a thousand yard season right away. So I'm going Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner from Alabama. Love the pick. I'm starting to think Jalen Waddle might go over him just based on the rumors I'm hearing. But I've always said to me, Waddle and Smith are 1A and 1B. And it all depends on the team for me. But for me, if I was Detroit's GM, I would take Devontae Smith because of that ability. I just have no doubts of that ability to be a number one receiver. If I'm taking Waddle, I want a quarterback who can take advantage with that deep ball accuracy. Jared Goff, I'd rather have the guy with the bigger catch radius who can make those tough contested catches. And you mentioned Kenny Galladay. In terms of body type, those two guys aren't similar. But in terms of their ability to go in there, fight for every ball, make those tough contested catches, I really think Detroit fans are going to see a similarity in that regard. And I agree. I think that this would be a really good fit if it would happen. And Jared Goff could be, breathe a sigh of relief that he's not going to be replaced once again. But at number eight, we got the Carolina Panthers. For me, it's it's Rashawn Slater. I, the Greg Little experiment, second round, it just hasn't worked out yet. You traded for Sam Darnold, so we know it's not a quarterback. Let's get him some real protection on the left side of that offensive line after re-signing Taylor Moulton, their standout right tackle. Slater can come in right away. We saw him shut down Chase Young when they played a few a, only a year ago, and I just was blown away by his ability in that game. The arm length is slightly concerning, but he moves his feet so well. He's still extremely strong, and he's really athletic for a tackle. 
Also, if there were some reason he was to bust, this is a guy could kick inside the guard too because of that athleticism and strength. So I think he is a technician when it comes to the position too. Slater, I think he's really smart. I think he'll come in and can help lead this Carolina Panthers team. And this is a team that's definitely on the rise and a great pick like Slater would definitely help them to continue to rise up. I love that pick. I, I, I agree. You've got a lot of weapons in Carolina and uh, you've got a quarterback in the future that you're going to believe in in Darnold. I think you need to protect them and, and protect the run game as well, led by Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. All right, moving on. We have number nine, the Denver Broncos. This is a fun one. And one of the fun things about doing this mock late is we get caught up with the trades. So they make the trade for Teddy Bridgewater. So it makes this team very interesting. You got True Lock and Teddy Bridgewater on the roster right now. But are both those guys the long-term answers? That's tough to say. So, Leaf, what do you think the Broncos are going to do here? Uh, I don't know what the Broncos are going to do because now I would have taken Justin Fields if this, this came to them. Um, so I'll just say that if, if it were myself selecting, I'd take Justin Fields here. I really believe that um, they've got a lot of weapons there. Um, they've got a solid offensive line. Their defense has pieces. Um, and I think Justin Fields has a very high potential. Also Trey Lance is on the board. And I think Trey Lance, um, it has tons of potential as well, but I just think Fields, um, had a lot of really good receivers at Ohio state and could thrive in the NFL with a system that could be similar to what, what he saw at Ohio state with, with dominant options on the outside. That said, I think what the Broncos will do now that they have Teddy Bridgewater, and Andrew Locke fighting for the job, I think they'll take Micah Parsons of Penn state. Um, so I, I, I will give my little, my spiel there about fields, but I think what they will do is take Micah Parsons of Penn state. This is a guy who flies around the field. Um, we, we talked about this before. I think he's one of the three best linebackers that I've seen while watching college football. Um, Jalen Smith, Devin white, and now Mar Micah Parsons, he didn't play this past season, but even in two years, you watch him fly side to side linebacker. You saw what Devin white was able to accomplish with the uh, Super Bowl winning uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and I think the Broncos want, will want to emulate that formula. So I would, I would say that watch for him to be the first defensive player off the board. And um, you got, you got a, a franchise linebacker, a defensive piece that probably will be there for 10 plus years. Lofty and well-deserved play for Parsons, in my opinion. I love the guy too. Just because of, I think the same thing, I'd probably still take fields if I was there. But also at the same time, I could get I get really excited thinking about what Micah Parsons is going to do in this Vangio defense. Vangio coming over before he was the coach of the Broncos, coach of those Bears, Raquan Smith, Danny Trevathan. Josie Jewell is just not that guy at inside linebacker. I think he can start next to Parsons, but you want that guy on the defense who can make all these plays. And you highlighted how special he is. Sideline to sideline push quickness. They don't need much pass rushers in Denver, but he adds that ability as well, which is really exciting. And Man, if Denver was to start Bridgewater and they get a guy like Parsons in there too, they will have a shot to make the playoffs because they won't need to rely on the offense so heavily because this defense is going to be phenomenal this year with Von Miller coming back as well. So love Parsons, and I think that's a great pick. So I'm going to keep the defense going at number 10 here for the Cowboys. It's been the one almost everyone makes in their mock, and I just see it happening. I really do see Patrick Sertan here. I think it makes just too much sense pairing him with his former Alabama teammate, Kevon Diggs, Sertan, a long corner with 38 career starts. Only two, only in five of those starts did he let a receiver go over 28 yards. So he's been shut down throughout his career. I worry about him through the stretch of an entire game in man-to-man, -man, but in Dallas, they do play a lot of zone, which is something I think he can take advantage of with his phenomenal instincts too. It's just been the pick for too long. If Caleb Farley was healthy, he'd have a really good shot to be the pick here, but he's unfortunately not. So I think it's Sertan at 10. I, I completely agree. I think he's got a beautiful track record and the Dallas Cowboys desperately needed a defensive back. And I think he'll be better than his former Alabama teammate and Trevon Diggs there. Um, so I, I totally agree with that you on that pick. 
All right. So next up, we got the Giants. The Giants are a fun wild card. There's been some really interesting rumors about the Giants. The most juicy one is that Joe Judge loves Devontae Smith. Smith is obviously gone in our mock, but the organization likes cornerback J.C. Horn and Dave Gettleman himself loves Micah Parsons. Two of those guys are off our board, obviously. Leaf, where do you have them going here? This is tough. This is it tough. is. It's like the first big unknown of the draft, I feel like, because so much of it has become routine in turn of top 10 mocks and things like that. And the Giants, they could just go in so many directions, it feels like. I'll say this. If Devontae Smith were on the board, that I would. I think that's the certain take for the Giants. If he's on the board at 11, I'd be stunned if they pass on him. Um, that said, he is not in our mock, but I will go with another Alabama wide receiver, and that is – um, that is going to be Jalen Waddle, and and I know they've got talent. They they acquired Kenny Galladay, who who is who we have Devontae Smith replacing in Detroit. Um, they've also got Sterling Shepard. They've got Darius Slayton. Uh, obviously, they're getting Saquon ba- Saquon Barkley back. I think what this team needs is their defense showed up last year. Their defense was quite good last year. James Bradbury was a monster at corner. Um, they had they had a solid defensive line. They didn't have a ton of speed, so I think another position that you could look at is defensive end. Um, but that said, I think you go with an electric playmaker who can run the slots. He can run the uh, routes from the outside. And once he gets the ball in his hands, he is trouble in the open field. Jalen Waddle is electric. He's lightning in a bottle. And I think they just want to give Daniel Jones as many options as you possibly can have. And I won't say they do this, but personally, I don't think it's a terrible idea to go for Trey Lance in this situation. But I will say Jalen Waddle is my pick for this. I just wanted to make that plug because I'm not fully sold on Daniel Jones. That is awesome. You said that because I was literally thinking if I was the GM, if I'm Dave Gettleman, I'm taking Justin Fields here because I just don't believe in Daniel Jones. They literally won in Seattle with Colt McCoy. That has to, th- those things matter. It's just you don't watch these Giants games and flip it on and go, man, Daniel Jones got the team on his back today. That doesn't happen. So I'm totally with you there. And yeah, you summed up Waddle perfectly. Lightning in a bottle. When you got a guy who can take the top off the defense like that, it's truly an electric trait. And it is something I think he would complement this group well. I like Darius Slayton, but he doesn't possess the speed that he possesses. Same thing with Sterling Shepard's a nice cop, a nice receiver, but those guys don't have the speed of Waddle. He would fit this defense very well. So we'll continue to give Daniel Jones weapons so Dave can try to justify the pick and we'll see if it works out in the long run. Moving on, we have number 13 or number 12, sorry, getting ahead of myself. We have the Eagles here. So the Eagles are a very interesting team and this is where a strong rumor is going to come into play for me. In a lot of the rumors lately, we've seen J.C. Horn mock to them, the corner. They like him. Darius Slay's getting up there in age. He had some issues on the back end last year. We saw D.K. Metcalf bully Slay last year. One guy that's going to be hard to bully is J.C. Horn. He is a physical corner. It's one of the concerns a lot of people have about him is he might get some pass interference calls early, but still, he's going to fight for everything. He's nasty. He's going to get in guys' heads, and that's something you love to see out of that corner position. He's still a pretty athletic guy who can cover pretty well. It's just the handsy concern is the only thing I have for Horn. So I am a fan of him. I probably wouldn't take him here. I'd probably go in another direction with the receivers off the board, though, with the top four guys, pass catchers, if you include Pitts off the board. I think Horn makes a lot of sense here, and he's one that's been heavily rumored. So the Eagles get their next great trash-talking corner. I I like that pick. The only thing I would say is that I don't think they're fully – set on Jalen Hurts. Um, they're mm-hmm. having open quarterback competition. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that they would pick a quarterback, but I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, it's the same thing. The Giants, in my opinion, um, the, the Giants, in my opinion, 
could do it, but they won't. But I think the Eagles legitimately could if this happened. They fell down. I, I like your pick, though. I, I too really like J.C. Horn. I think that he's he'd be a very good corner, especially in a division where you need a physical dude to now guard Kenny Galladay and some of the likes in that um, and Terry McLaurin. Um, that said, I, I'm I'm very curious to see that pick. I think that, like you said, the Giants pick was the first uncertainty. I think the Eagles Eagles are very uncertain as well, even though J.C. Horn is has been hotly rumored to them. Yeah, it's crazy his rise since a lot of college football fans have watched that guy shut down Seth Williams. The rise has been insane. A thing of note to make is Trey Lance and Justin Fields are still available in this mock. And one thing we're obviously not doing is trades. I personally, I don't know if both those guys make it out of the top 10, but I'm not going to guess who's going to trade out because it's just too hard to do. But at number 13, we have a team that has some obvious needs here coming in at the Chargers. What do you think the Chargers are going to do? I've heard I've heard they they are looking at corners, but I think that the first thing you have to do, I said this with Joe Burrow um, and and the Bengals, that you want to get a tackle that will protect your franchise quarterback. Justin Herbert's a franchise quarterback, and I think their franchise left tackle can be Christian Derrissaw out of uh, Virginia Tech. He's got all the size, the measurables that you'd ever want out of a left tackle. He's 6'5", 313 pounds. Um, he's got long arms. He's powerful. His feet are not um as polished i would say as the two ahead of him but that said he's got tons of potential um and he's a guy that was an all acc caliber uh player he was first team he was a second team all american i believe and and i think that i i'm i like i said i'm i'm philosophically inclined to build my team from the trenches and i i think you have to protect someone like justin herbert in order to make the Chargers a contender down the road and while they could go for a corner with JC Horn gone and Caleb Farley slipping in the draft due to back issues, I think you have to go with the left tackle, Christian Derrissaw. Thousand percent agree. You got your franchise quarterback for long term, like you said, left tackle of the long term for sure. I'm also a huge fan of Derrissaw. The physicality he brings, if he gets his hands on you, it's over. And once he learns to keep moving his feet through contact, he's going to be phenomenal, really good in pass protection. He's able to take great steps to, to allow those guys not to get around him with Ben. Love the arm links too. And very capable in the run game. Not as athletic as the other two tackles, but more than athletic enough to still be a starting dominant caliber tackle in the NFL. All righty, at number 14, my Minnesota Vikings here. And the Vikings are in a juicy spot. Throughout the entire draft process, I'm someone who's really wanted Darisaw or Slater to fall for them. That does not happen in this mock. And while Elijah Vera Tucker is appealing, I'm going to go in another direction. And a big part of that is listening to my the GM of the Vikings, Rick Spielman's press conference quotes. He talked about how deep this offensive line class is just throughout the draft. And also this is a guy in Spielman who doesn't, who rarely drafts offensive linemen in the first round, unless he truly believes in them like he did in Garrett Bradbury. But one thing for certain that's very clear based on the Vikings draft based on their free agency is they have yet to address the defensive end position. And to me, there's a guy here at 14 that I can't ignore in Jalen Phillips. I am just a huge fan of his game. I think he's the most complete defensive end. He does not have the upside of quitty pay to me. But what he will do is come in right away and fight for that defensive rookie of the year spot. He's a dominant player. He's got great arm length, which is huge, phenomenal bend, an exceptional hand fighter. Could, would I like to see a little more power? Yeah, but he's still more than capable in the run game. He's not going to dominate in the tackles for losses, but I do think he's going to be a very capable sack guy, especially with, you know, Hunter on that other side. Guys are going to be worried about Hunter. Phillips will get some one-on-one -on -one matchups. I really like his ability and chances to take advantage of those. I'm a big fan of Jalen Phillips and think he would be a great pick for the Minnesota Vikings at 14. I agree. I think the only concern I have about him is the medical history. Uh, I think he's got a ton of potential. He's got edge rushing skills. 
um, that you can't teach. He's got, he's got length and bend and speed. Um, that said, he was medically retired like a year and a half ago. Um, and as a, as a general manager, if I'm the Vikings, which, which obviously you are, uh, you're Vikings through and through, I would be scared. I would be scared with that pick, but I think there is huge, huge upside. There's it's high risk, high reward. Um, and you really hope for the best, no matter who gets him. But I I'd certainly think you'd, you'd want your medical staff to give a, a thorough evaluation of him, which is hard with COVID. Um, that's one of the main concerns of this year's draft. So I really like that pick. Obviously, like I, I stole Darius off from you. I'm sorry. Um, but but I think I, I would I would go in the same direction. I just I just worry about Jalen Phillips and almost would take Quiddy Pay there just because I think he's safer in that sense. But I do think Phillips will be better sooner. No, I think that's a phenomenal point for all these players in the draft, guys. Like we mentioned, Farley, look, teams weren't able to have these guys into their building to work them out, to sit down and talk with them. They don't have a great idea of their character. We don't know about their medical history. Guys are going to fall due to that. And if Phillips falls, we know that's the reason. It's not because of the tape, because the tape is outstanding. So I think that's a great point by you. All right, Leaf, at number 15, you have the Patriots. And there are some juicy quarterbacks on the board here. What are you going to do? You got to take one here. I, I think it's a pipe dream for Bill Belichick and company. Um, I think you take Justin Fields here. And I think you take Justin Fields because he seems to have an uh, affiliation with Fields. He think that Bill Belichick has done so much with quarterbacks that have, ha, have hit their first reads. He's got a scripted offense. They've built, they've got some weapons they've, they paid for this year. They paid a lot in free agency. Um, I think that Fields would really thrive there. And uh you know what he can do also that, that he didn't really showcase that much at Ohio State, but I think he could be exceptional at, and that's run. I think he could add an element of dynamism to a Patriots team that's already got a very good schematic offense. Um, and, and I'm not saying it'll look the same as with Brady, but what I am saying is that he can do things that Brady could not, and you still have Bill Belichick masterminding things. I think you have to go quarterback here, and it's between Lance and Fields, obviously. And I just believe more in the tape I've seen of Fields than I do Trey Lance initially coming excuse me i have the hiccups again um, um but that said uh, i i think you just you have to go with a guy in, in justin fields who could be a top five pick um if he's at 15 you gotta you gotta take him and and believe in in, in the film that you've seen i know there's some rust but bill belichick can evaluate I, I promise you that absolutely agree i think fields is phenomenal he's for me he's the third quarterback just slightly beating out Mac Jones for me. I, yeah, he's great. I mean, the running thing would be huge, and you could keep the offense similar to what you do for Cam this year. Speaking of Cam, he could start this year. A lot of people talk about Fields needs a year to sit. That'd be great. Look, I don't know how willing of a mentor Cam's going to be. That's just something we don't know. But in terms of just watching how a guy operates the position, I think that'll be good for Fields to watch that. And he is more than accurate enough to still execute an NFL offense. So, yeah, I, I never understood the Justin Fields hate. He just falls based on needs in our mock here. But, no, I really like the pick there at 50. So I got a 16. I got the Cardinals. The Cardinals are in an interesting spot because the, the corner, the safest two corners in Sertan and JC Horn Horn was the guy that I've been mocking to them in a lot of mock drafts are is off the board. And I really do think it's defense here. I think they're fine offensive line. I don't think it's very Tucker. So to be honest, Leaf, I'm going to have to do it to you. I know how much you love this guy. I'm taking Caleb Farley here. I saw today that they are not scared of the medicals. The Cardinals are and more than willing to take Farley. Farley, he's the most athletic corner in the draft. Chris Sims is a guy I greatly respect. He thinks he's the best corner he's evaluated since Jalen Ramsey because of that ability to stick with guys. The athleticism at a 6'3 corner. He has good instincts as well. He would capitalize on the ball. And if it weren't for those injuries, he'd be the first corner off the board, no doubt in my mind. So I'm going Farley here. What do you think about that? 
Well, I'm a little disappointed, but I, I did it to you with the Virginia Tech player as well. It's only fitting. That, that's fair play. I really like the pick, though. I really like the pick because, like you said, I think he'd be a top 10 pick. Uh, and I think he he's the best corner in the class where, where you already mentioned Patrick Sertan has only given up 29 yards five times. Um, and that's pretty ridiculous to say. Um, so I think that's a great pick. They need someone to take over for Patrick Peterson, uh, whether that's JC Horn or Caleb Farley. I, I think they're going corner. Um, and I think Caleb Farley's got the highest potential. So that could be a huge steal. And, and we did mention back injury, um, but I think you this is a team that could, could take a risk and pair him and Buda Baker in the secondary. I know Buda Baker's a safety, but he just flies around the field. And you've got now the speed of Farley on the outside taking over for Patrick Peterson. I think that could be a deadly duo for years to come. Yeah, Cardinals got to load up in what is a super deadly division. The NFC West is absolutely loaded. And Leaf, you mentioned risks, and you got the Raiders here at 17. We know John Gruden likes his quarterbacks, but what are you feeling for the Raiders here at 17? Jeez, that's a, uh, this is the first pick in the draft where I really don't have a clue because <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to give up on, on um, Derek Carr. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So though Trey Lance is still there, I just, I can't see them taking him and saying, okay, like we don't want to improve because as it was, they started off the year pretty well and they fell apart down the stretch, but they, they consider themselves a fringe contender and maybe they consider themselves with John Gruden's ego, uh, a real contender, but I think they, they can conceivably contend for a playoff spot. So that said um, in my stalling there, I think I'm going to go with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa for okay. the, for the Raiders because he brings, I talk about sideline to sideline with Micah Parsons and Parsons is the best linebacker in the class. But what Owusu Koromoa does is he can play multiple positions. He can spy a quarterback from day one. He's got great speed. He's strong. Um, he flies to the ball. He can play, he can play outside or inside linebacker. Um, I think, I think his versatility will, uh, will be a kind of a Gruden and Mayock pick. They, they will like his speed. They will like that he played for a major brand college. Um, and, I, I really do believe he could, I thought he was, when I first evaluated him this year, when I saw Notre Dame, I thought he was projected to be a third round pick. And I was like, wow, that guy's not a third round pick. And I think that his rise will continue because he runs well, chases the ball. He's aggressive. He's got that playmaker feel where you see him force fumbles. Um, you know, like you can't teach that and he's got it. So I'm going to go with the Raiders taking Jeremiah Osukoromoa. I'm not sure what direction they're going to go, but I think they don't have a stud linebacker there and he could become that for them. Um, even if it's not immediate, I think he, he will have an impact immediately and then become that, that multi-down star linebacker. No, I'm, I love Jeremiah Osu-Koromora as well. You talked about it, how good he is in coverage. This is a guy to me you can be like, hey, guard Travis Kelsey. I don't expect you to shut him down, but I want you to at least try to hold him in check, and I think he'll be able to do that. Also phenomenal at talking in space, tackling in space, so I think he is a great player for them at 17. At number 18, I have the Miami Dolphins. And with the Eric Flowers trade, offensive line is tempting, specifically Tevin Jenkins with the right tackle ability, with Robert Hunt kicking over to guard. But they traded away Shaq Lawson, and they don't see a pass rush replacement opposite Emmanuel Ogba. So I'm going to go with Quiddy Pay here. Pay, I love betting on guys that have been through adversity. And if you guys haven't read the story on Quiddy Pay, I highly recommend it. It's a great read about what his family's been through. And he's a guy who's motivated. He's determined. He has a phenomenal work ethic, and he wants to get after it. You, it shows up in his play, too. He has an outstanding motor, never gives up, and he is a top-flight athlete as well. He's got, some, he's got some solid bend around the edge, too. He's only going to continue to get stronger. And I think Brian Flores is a phenomenal head coach who's going to do a good job molding this guy into the pro bowling pass rusher he'll have the chance to be. 
But so for 18 for me, I like Quiddy Pay adding this dominant Dolphins defense. That's a steal in my opinion. I think he could go anywhere from 11 to 20, um, mm-hmm. but I think his production will outweigh um, wherever he's drafted, honestly, even if it is 11. I, I just think he's got a, a motor and speed. And usually when you've got a just the, like the motor that you spoke of, that's been so hard earned his entire life. Um, that's relentless and he's going to get after the quarterback relentlessly. I really like that pick there for, especially because they've got a really good defense up and coming defense, and he can be a stalwart for years to come. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great point. So moving on, we have number 19. We have the Washington football team and another team, another potential quarterback fit leaf. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I I got it at this point. I I don't think he's going to be there in the actual draft because I think quarterbacks are just such a valuable commodity that, that, um, Lance and Fields in particular will be gone before the 10th pick probably. But in our mock draft, uh, which I really do think has a conceivable chance of happening, I will take, uh, I don't know about this pick, but our mock draft to me seems realistic. I'll say that. Um, I'm going to say that Trey Lance to the Washington football team is a dream come true for the Washington football team. They get a starting quarterback um, that can either learn under Ryan Fitzpatrick um, and then come in late in the season or next year and have great potential. Um, we saw the model with Patrick Mahomes being a, a quarterback from a non, not, non-football school that, that put up North Dakota State is a football school. They're very good at what they do, but they're not a D1 power is what I'm saying. Um, but, but long story short, you get a talented player with huge potential, just like Patrick Mahomes. It's the same model following under Alex Smith. And um, then you get Trey, uh, Trey Lance. And now you've got a team with Trey Lance, hopefully your franchise quarterback in the, in the years to come, that could be a star. And you've got your, your stud in Chase Young. And I said last year that Chase Young is the best player in last year's draft. And that included two great quarterbacks. And now you can get a franchise quarterback at the 20th pick because they exceeded their expectations or sorry, 19th pick. Um, They exceeded their expectations greatly. Everyone expected them to be a top 10 draft pick team. And they were not, they made the playoffs. They competed with a roster without great quarterback play. And now they can get, get quarterback play for this year or maybe the next and have it for the future. I think this would be the steal of the draft to this point. Um, And they'd be, they'd be thrilled if this were to fall to them. Totally agree. And I think that one thing that's just worth mentioning, I don't know if either of us believe this is going to happen. I think there's a world where Trey Lance emerges as the best quarterback in this draft. That may sound insane, but we've seen it before with other quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes of the world who go third. Lance's potential is off the charts, and I think he has a ceiling as high as anyone in this draft. So I really like that pick. I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick is necessarily the best mentor because <laughs> Fitzpatrick would be like, ah, you can turn it over once or twice. He'll be fine. But I think it's a phenomenal landing spot, and I think Washington would be thrilled to get him. So 20 puts the Bears in an interesting position, but a lot of the rumors for the Bears have pointed them towards getting a weapon to support cough, disgusting look, Andy Dalton. I don't know. I still don't understand the plan, but also by Todd McShay's reports, Elijah Moore is, is almost every GM's wide receiver four at this point. So since we're going what I think they'll do, I have him taking Elijah Moore here as that fourth receiver off the board. I like that at the speed he offers, that ability to take the top off the defense. He is a quick guy. He has some strong hands as well that I definitely respect. And I think with Allen Robinson's future so much in the air, Anthony Miller, that just really hasn't worked for them. I loved what Darnell Mooney gave him last year, so continue to build your wide receiver core. I think Elijah Moore is a fun receiver who will add an explosive element and a consistent element to this Bears offense. I think that's a, uh, I agree with you that the, the Andy Dalton thing baffles me a little bit. So yeah. I think you got to provide as good of weapons as you can possibly have um, and their defense will take care of it. So I, I agree. That's a really good pick. And I will be interesting to see if that's 
the GMs are being honest about their evaluations because there is pretty much, like you said, a consensus. And Elijah Moore is extremely talented, um, but he was lower just like a week ago. So it's just been like a recent rise. So I'll be curious to see how that unfolds. Definitely interesting. And another team that will be very interesting is the Indianapolis Colts. Your Colts leave. They are in a great position after the Carson Wentz trade. They have a few obvious needs. Where do you think your team's going to go? Um, so I, I very much wanted Caleb Farley. Um, but I will say that we got a guy that I don't necessarily think will be there on the board here. And that's Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Um, I've told you I'm not certain that he can play left tackle. Um, but I think that a lot of general managers are a lot smarter than me about offensive line play. And Chris Ballard is one of the often uh, the general managers I trust them very most. And so if he, if he signs off on that type of, uh, uh, you know, token of faith playing the franchise offensive line next to Quentin Nelson, you can say, Elijah Vera Tucker, you're going to play, you're going to play left tackle next to Quentin Nelson. You're never going to have to worry about a stunt or anything from, from that side. Quentin Nelson's got you. Um, I think, I think you got to go best available. Uh, offensive lineman and if he's he's mostly projected top 17 if he falls to 21 I think I think they take him and obviously I don't know for certain what their evaluation is of him can he play left tackle or does he have to play guard because obviously Nelson is locked in a guard um, but if he's there and to my knowledge I think he's number uh, offensive tackle four I think you have to take him so Elijah Vera Tucker from USC is my pick for the Colts. I really like the pick, honestly. I'm someone who thinks Verge Tucker has a chance to be a solid starting tackle. Now, he could be a Pro Bowl guard, but I think he can hold down the tackle spot. Leaf, how many Pro Bowls did Costanzo, Anthony Costanzo make? I think two. I'm he might have. Okay, sure. he might have made two. That was more than I thought he was going to make either way. But I was just making the point, if you can have a solid, steady left tackle who doesn't necessarily stand out. And I think that's what Barry Tucker can be. Some people point to the Oregon game, but I thought he did a really good job holding up overall. And you know what? He gave up a sack or two to Thibodeau. Guess what? I think Thibodeau is the number one player in next year's class. So I don't hold that against him a bunch. I think he is solid there. He has a nice base, the ability to anchor I like out of him. Not the longest arm, it's a concern, but I still think he's going to be able to hold up on the outside. And with a guy like Carson Wentz, that ability to get out of the pocket and escape, Barry Tucker won't feel like every time he lets up a sack, it's lets a guy through it's an automatic sack so i think he'll like that as well so i really like that pick and speaking of guys who probably won't be there to this point at number 22 the tennessee titans i have them taking greg newsom newsom is a guy i personally expect to go higher than farley just because of the injuries but honestly when i'm staring at farley like that and i hear some rumors it's too hard for me not to pass off so that's why i took him earlier but I do think Newsom is a really nice corner out of Northwestern. The Titans gutted their secondary and free agency, cutting guys like Malcolm Butler, Kenny Vaccaro. So I think they just need to add more playmakers back there. Guys who are can turn the ball over and be physical cornerbacks. Adora Jackson out of there as well. So Greg Newsom comes in for me, the cornerback out of Northwestern. He can come in and be that number two corner since they did bring in the Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins. I think that'll help him that he's able to guard number two guys at first. And I just, I know the wide receiver need is tempting, but Mike Vrabel still runs this team. He's a defensive minded guy and I think that's going to go that, that's where they're going to go here I, I think it's a good pick the only other thing I would uh, I would say is if there's a pass rusher they like for instance Aziz Ojolari you might want to play him couple him with Bud Dupree um, that would tempt me um, because I think the Titans like you said he's defensive minded Mike Vrabel is and they have their offense kind of as Derrick Henry run the ball a lot then we've got AJ Brown run some crossers and we'll see, we'll see you later in the end zone with some of those like slant and go touchdowns where he just takes it all the way. Um, so I, I think they will go defensively and I like Greg Newsom a lot. 
Um, I the only other thing, like you, like I said, I think that Aziz Ojolari or a guy like Jalen Phillips, if he should fall due to medical concern, would be a really nice fit here. Um, but I also think that a corner is a good pick because, like you said, they they gutted their secondary and hope to find something in the offseason. And I think this might be the form of the offseason it is. Yeah, Ojolari would be an interesting pick. The only reason I didn't go there is when I'm looking at it still, I see Bud Dupree. I like the interior with your former Colt, Danico Autry, and Jeffrey Simmons. And I think Harold Landry still has a chance going into what either his third or his fourth year now. I think being that number two guy opposite Dupree, who will have to get used to being number one, is why they feel okay going the corner route. But Leaf, it is going to be back to you. This would have been the Seahawks, but because of the Jamal Adams trade, it goes to the New York Jets. So I gave the Jets Zach Wilson earlier. Who are you going to give him now at 23? I think I'll go with Aziz Ojolari. I, I spoke of I spoke of the, the necessity for um, difference makers, and I think what he has in, is an incredible bend and speed to his game as an edge rusher, and I think he can – provide a team that is now coached by Sala, who you, you saw him have a lot of talented defensive linemen. Um, they've, they've got a few in their own right. Quinn and Williams uh, is one that recently was picked number three overall. I think Oziz Ojolari could be a difference maker on the edge, um, provide some extra possessions for Zach Wilson, get after the co- opposing quarterbacks. Um, I'm not certain that's where he'll, what they'll go here, but I, I personally think that they're either going to, they're going to go with an edge rusher. And I think he, I'd go Ojolari over Zavin Collins, which is the other, other edge rusher that I see on the, on my board. Yeah. I think what's so nice about the, the Jets too, is they break, they signed Carl Lawson free agency. That was a huge get for them. The Bengals pass rusher for so long, this team was so devoid of, of pass rushing talent in general. Every year I would just look at the draft and be like, they need an edge rusher. And I think it'd be great if they could come into the year with a solid duo that has some versatility too. Cause I do think Ojolari could drop in the coverage a little bit. So I do like that pick for the Jets at number 23 on the defensive side of the ball. So number 24, you have the Steelers. Oh, the Steelers are an interesting spot to me because for me, there's two out, there's two guys here. Yes, everyone's been mocking Najee to them, and that makes a lot of sense. But there's another guy in Tevin Jenkins. Continue to upgrade that offensive line and make the holes. But you know what? Even as I say it out loud, Najee in Pittsburgh, it just makes too much sense to me. The physical style he plays with, he has phenomenal vision, the best of any back in the class, the ability to shake tacklers off. We know he can rise over top of guys after that hurdle against Notre Dame and go through them as well. And he is an effective pass catcher, not the greatest route runner, but that's not why you grab him here for. You want him to establish the run game. And I think his ability to shake off some tackles will make up for the poor offensive line play that you will see at times as the Steelers' offensive line is still aging, even with a few guys departing. So for me, I am going to go with Najee Harris, and I'm a huge fan of his. I think that's a great pick. Um, I, I think that's another team that you could look at an edge rusher be, uh, opposite of um, TJ Watt because they lost by Dupree, but I think you, it's too tempting to take the 32nd ranked rush off uh, rush offense, give big Ben a run, running back and a running back in Najee Harris who's exceptional. Um, and, and I think, I think that's gotta be the pick it's mocked everywhere. And I, I, I think I'm following the, the smoke on this one. You gotta, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think, I think that's gotta be the pick if everyone believes it to be. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think, yeah, it just makes too much sense to me. So last time you were up Leaf, you were in er- – a quarterback went earlier for one team, and the second pick, they had their choice. The exact same thing happens here. Earlier, the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. Who is the Jaguars' second pick going to be? This is an interesting one because the, the Jaguars have a team where there's a lot of moving pieces. They're, they don't have too many um, holdovers from – uh, that are young and can be part of the future, led by Trevor Lawrence, presumably. I think I will go with Christian Barmore, defensive lineman from Alabama. 
Uh, he really flashed in the the championship as well as the semifinal. Um, and he was disruptive all season for a really solid Alabama team that you wouldn't have said is the best Alabama defense, but he seemed like the most noticeable star in the big games. Um, and I think this is a guy who will provide pressure up front. Um, like I said, a lot of teams believe it's built in the trenches. And I think Urban Meyer is, is one who believes in that philosophy. He's always had very good run games um, and very stout defensive lines. So I will go Christian Barmore um, of Alabama. I think another option is you may want to go for some wide receivers to, to help Trevor Lawrence, but I, I don't think that they'd go Rashad Bateman or uh, over, uh, especially with Elijah Moore off the board. I don't think they'd go Rashad Bateman over, um, Christian Barmore, just because of Christian Barmore could be a stalwart defensive lineman. Um, and offensively, they've got enough weapons that I think Trevor Lawrence will be happy. And I think they can get those type of solid weapons um, later in the draft, whereas I don't think there's too many Christian Barmores in this draft. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's a really good point. Barmore is a lot of fun as a defensive tackle. We'll be able to just create some havoc that they were hoping their former second round pick from a few years ago, Taven Bryant, never could. So the Browns are up at number 26. I'm feeling linebacker here. Defensive tackle might have been consideration, but Barmore off the border race is that for me. So the Browns are in an interesting position. Zayvon Collins is really fun. And I actually, I do think there's a chance he could be a successful inside linebacker at the NFL just because of that size and physicality. I think he could be effective in the run game. But uh, it's hard because you also have Jameen Davis from Kentucky, who is a lot of people's draft crush in the draft community. But in most, I, I'm going to slightly go Collins. I am, Zayvon Collins. I, I think he could be an inside linebacker. If it doesn't work out, Jadeveon Clowney is not a long-term answer for this team. You could put him across at edge rusher. But I think to start it out, he was an athletic freak at Tulsa. I think he could be a lot of fun in Cleveland's offense. I think fans would love him for his ability to fill those holes in the run game, blow plays up, create some turnovers too. He's a big, fun, physical guy. He looked like an NFL player at Tulsa. Now he finally gets that chance in Cleveland. So I'm going to go with Zayvon Collins for the Browns. He's, he's got a lot of talent. It's just you worry about him not playing at the same level of competition as many others, but he had some really impressive pro day numbers. Um, and I, I like that pick as well because that defense is, is building up to be something special. Yeah, and the, in general, I feel like the Browns are building something special. I'm a huge fan of what's going on in Cleveland. But let's go from Cleveland to one of their division rivals in the Baltimore Ravens, their first of two picks at number 27. Where do you have the Ravens going, Leaf? I'm going with uh, Rashad Bateman of Minnesota. Um, Rashad Bateman to me is a very good route runner who's also a plus size wide receiver and I think he can give you a third down connection with Lamar Jackson for years to come that, you, that he desperately needs um, I think Mark Andrews or drop play is kind of what what the Ravens have ran for for third downs and a lot of teams especially the Chiefs have been able to put them into third and distance and it, and they were not able to be dynamic through the run and then they need a, a receiver to not only run deep such as hollywood brown or, or willie sneed they need a uh, multifaceted wide receiver and i think rashad bateman could be that and i think he might outperform his his draft positional ranking um by most general manager standpoint he's number five and i don't know if he's going to be better than jalen waddle Devonte smith jamar chase or elijah moore but what i will say is i have a hard time believing he won't be good um, and, and I think that he's a really good fit for Baltimore because he can run those intermediates. He can run a deep route. He's 6'2", 210, got great hands, and he's used to being the man um, at Minnesota. And I don't know if he will need to be the man, but they've got other things to worry about with the Ravens offense, and he will have more space than he's used to having at Minnesota where he was the only pass-catching option for the better part of two years. Um, and I really like this fit personally. Um, so Ravens locking in Rashad Bateman at 27. 
Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And it's not that long ago that just a year ago, the fifth wide receiver taken in the draft was Justin Jefferson. And that worked out very well for them, but totally agree with you. Huge fan of Bateman's route running. I think he is a phenomenal player. So for the Saints at number 28, I'm going to keep with the receiver theme. And one of my favorites is still on the board in Kadarius Tony. He is an electric, shifty, and explosive player who Kyle Trask really reaped the benefits of this last year at Florida. I think he could add something in the return game for Florida, as well as I love the way he pairs with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is that 15 to 20 yard guy who runs a lot of slants. Everyone makes a joke. So Tony is the guy who can take the top off the defense that I think is valuable. And he's a guy who takes great advantage of the wide receiver screen game because of his ability to be so shifty in the space. Like I meant, also, he's one of the better guys in, in, at crossing guys up in routes, which you love to see also from a wide receiver standpoint. So I'm a huge fan of Kadarius Tony. I do have him slightly over Rashad Bateman too. So I think this is another guy that could potentially be a steal. So I'm a big fan of Tony. What do you think of the pick leaf? I think Kadarius Tony is going to be one of the, uh, most interesting picks in the draft because I love what he does when the ball's in his hands, but I don't know if he's as um, he's a great route runner, but I don't know if he's at, he's got the traits of some of the other receivers. He's not as big. Uh, he's not quite as prolific of a wide receiver I, as Jalen Waddle, who is just kind of his most comparable uh, other wide receiver in this draft. And I think it really depends where he goes, but I think a fit that I really love is the one you just picked him to. Um, so I, I, I like that pick for the team, but I think that'll he'll, he'll be a player that I want to see go to a team like the Saints, like maybe even the Packers, someone where they've got a really, really good system in place. They've got it. They're contending. And what he can do is what he does best and not have to be number one, but he can make some crazy things happen on short plays. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a guy on the Colts that uh, in Paris Campbell, if Paris Campbell could stay healthy, he, I, I think he could be similar in, in a sense that if there's another receiver, that's a kind of a, a larger target. Uh, he can run underneath and cause some serious havoc once he does get it and get a lot of catches in some games and, and be high on scattering reports others. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point. And I, yeah, I think it will be a lot of fun to see what he is. He's able to do in New Orleans, but you mentioned the Packers. So 29, he got the Packers, the GM stubborn, but wide receiver is an obvious need offensive lineman. They lost their right tackle and they're going to have to kick one of their standout guard Elton Jenkins inside because Corey Lindsley left. And as another corner they could use as well. Kevin King, we saw him getting burned. They brought him back. Is he a long-term answer? I don't think so. Leaf, what's the move at 29 for Green Bay? This is a tough one, but I think what you're going to have to do is address protecting number 12. Um, so I would, I'm taking Tevin Jenkins and, and asking him to play right tackle for, uh, for the Packers. Um, and he's, he's got a nasty streak. He's, he's an aggressive offensive lineman from Oklahoma State that I think would be a nice, nice offensive line piece. And I think that the reasoning for this is this is similar to one I mentioned um, when you were taking another pick is, is I, I think that you need to protect the star quarterback more so than you need a, a first round wide receiver, because in the second round, you can get another guy um, of maybe not the same quality, but certainly high quality. Imagine a guy, you, I know you, you're really infatuated with this guy, but like Tutu Atwell from Louisville mm -hmm. could be a really good pick um, uh, in the second round but you're not going to get another chance at Tevin Jenkins as, uh, as frequently as you're going to get a chance at another receiver. So that's my philosophy there. And I think Tevin Jenkins is, is higher on a lot of boards and may not fall that far, but because he is, I think you got to go towards the top of the best available as well as fitting a need. And I think that's where the uh, Packers should go. Yeah. I love the Tevin Jenkins pick. And I truly think he's more of a right tackle guard type of player. And the best thing about him is the nastiness, the mean streak he plays with. So I think he'd be fun 
protecting the right side of Rodgers, and I would be very interested to see how that plays out. And I would like the pick, which as a Vikings fan, don't love giving the Packers nice things, but Leaf, I think he did a good job of doing just that. So at number 30, we got the Bills. This is a wild card one for me, just because it's a pretty complete roster. There's a few different directions they could go in, but there is a need to me, and I do feel like there's some guys who are going to be available. Slight overdrafts, maybe, but if you're trying to beat the Chiefs, you need more guys who can cover on the outside, outside of Tredavious White. So for me, there's a few guys I like here, but honestly, one of the draft's fast risers has been Asante Samuel Jr., and I'm going to go with him. Asante is a fun player. He's a guy who gets after it. He's a pretty good athlete. He has the NFL bloodlines there. And like I said, I just think if you want to get past the Chiefs, you need guys who are able to cover, and that's something that he's able to do. So coming in, being that number two corner, I think is something he could do. He's another guy who plays with some good intensity, gets in your face, and I think he is just a fun player, and the Bills are a good destination. Bill, Bills Mafia would fall in love with this guy very quickly. They, they have to hope he's as good as his dad, and they'll, they'll be yeah. very happy. They'll certainly fall in love there. Um, but in all seriousness, I, I think it's a really good pick. And I think, yeah, when you play a team like the Chiefs, when you play another uh, another up-and-coming teams that are coming up in the uh, in the AFC, I mean, maybe even the Browns, for instance, um, they've got a lot of weapons on the outside, and, and you've got Trey White, excellent. But you need more. You need more and more players to play that way. And so I really like that pick as well. Yeah, it would be a good one for the Bills. And next up for the Ravens, we have their Ravens. Next up, we have the Ravens after the trade they made with the Chiefs. And the Ravens, you filled their wide receiver need earlier, gave away Orlando Brown to get this pick. Do you have him going back tackle? I'm trying to decide if I do or do I want to go with an edge rusher and really like solidify their awesome potential on defense. They're very good yeah. defensively, um, and but I feel like they could do more because they've got – a lot of really good players, but I don't think they have that that dynamic speed edge rusher. And I'm trying to see uh, if available. This is a guy like I, I just took um, Aziz Ojolari actually, or did I take him for the Jaguars? I think I took him. I took him to the Jets. Yes. So yeah. So never mind. I, I would take Aziz Ojolari um, if he if he were still available. Um, but I think what I'll do is I will go and address the offensive line, and I'll go with Samuel Cosme of Texas, six seven, three hundred pounds. Um, he he's got the ability to be a really good tackle. And I think the reason he's lower than some of the other tackles we've had on here is, is just concerns cons about speed and, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, cause you know more about Cosme than I do, but I, I believe he's very good in pass blocking, but not as good as run blocking. And that could be a concern for the Ravens. Um, but, but I think he's the best tackle available. And I think you want to keep Lamar Jackson upright and you want to give him time, especially if they're going to address wide receiver needs with Rashad Bateman. He is a phenomenal athlete at the tackle position. He has really good feet, really good hands. I just think he needs to add a little bit more strength to in that run game. And he just needs to be a little more dominant. There are some plays where some people criticize for this. This is not so on point. I don't know where some people are like, does he always give that effort? Does he finish blocks? I think that's something that's coachable. And when you go to a team with as great an offensive line coach as the Ravens have, I think that's very possible. And I think he has a chance to be a really good player with a great athlete like that. Basically a ball of clay, they're going to have the opportunity the mold in you. So I do like Cosme there. So that takes us to the end of our mock. I have number 32 right here, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the first official today with Antonio Brown signing, the first team in the Super Bowl era to bring back all 22 of their starters. So what are we doing here? We're not picking knees. We're picking best available. And this is where for me, I haven't heard this as a rumor at all, but this is my best available. And I think it becomes a need. I'm going Levi on Zuriki out of Washington, the athletic freak at defensive tackle. Dominican Sue is getting up there in age. I love the, and I love Via Vea, 
former Washington player as well. So let's pair Levi next to Vita, the former, a former Washington standout, as I mentioned. Levi is just an explosive three technique. The way he gets after it, he is violent. He is quick. He's got a little bit of bend from the defensive tackle spot, which I absolutely love. And he can flip his hips and chase down guys on wide receiver screens too. He has an exceptional motor. He's my personal defensive tackle one, number one because of that explosiveness from the spot. And I think he would be a phenomenal three technique next to Vita Vea, a guy who Madonna can sue is getting up there in age. Let's arrest him a little bit and get the young guys some experience. So what do you, th- I'm going to ask you two questions. What do you think of Levi at number 32? And what are the odds you give your guy Davis Mills being the surprise pick here? Oh, so the, as to the first question, I really like Levi Anzarike. I told you, um, watching a lot of Pac-12 football, I've seen a lot of really good defensive tackles and especially one that he'd be pairing with in Vita Vea. And I think Levi Anzarike since Leonard Williams and Vita Vea, he's the best defensive tackle of the Pac-12 in a long time. Um, and he just is disruptive. He gets in the backfield. He takes on doubles. He, he still pushes and creates gaps for the other teammates on his team. I think a guy that really benefited from him was named Zion Tui. Uh, I forget forget his last name, but his initials are ZTF for, for outside <laughs> linebacker for first team, all America, uh, all Pac-12. And Levi Anzarike could have really helped him this year. And in fact, did last year. Um, he said uh, he opted out this season. I like that fit a lot. I think that him and Vita Vea would be very fun to watch. And I think they complement each other nicely. As for this pick, I would not be surprised at all if Davis Mills is the pick. And he's a, he's a very intelligent guy. He picked up Stanford's um, playbook, which is very complex, very quickly. He's taken um, a lot of difficult classes there. And now he'd be learning under Tom Brady, which I am not a Tom Brady guy, but you have to give him his due. And I think that would be a pretty good mentor for Davis Mills. And I think that the, the Buccaneers have to think like, what if Tom Brady gets hurt? Do we want, do we want a good backup quarterback? And do we want a good backup quarterback for the future, AKA the starting quarterback then? Uh, I think D- Davis Mills is the next best quarterback available. I know you're, you're a big Kellen Mond guy, but I think Davis Mills is really rising. He's got a rocket for an arm. He's cerebrally excellent, makes good decisions and he's sneakily athletic. So I'm kind of rooting for the Davis Mills pick there, but I'd also really love the Levi Anzarike pick. Yeah, I, I think honestly, I personally do. I like Kellen Mond a little more, but I think Davis is going to be the pit. Davis is going to get picked before him just based on what we're, what we're hearing right now. So Tampa is in a great spot no matter what we do. So that's going to close out the first round of our mock, but I got two more things I want to do for you here, Leaf. So first, I want you to talk to me about some of your favorite prospects that did not go in the first round. I think the first one is the one we just talked about, Davis Mills. Uh, I think that he will – a team that I think will be is linked to him and very, very likely will pick him if he's available in the second round is the Washington football team. Um, in this mock, we had um, Trey Lance go to Washington football team, and in which case they would not. But I think that is a, a very likely fit. I, like I said, he's very good mentally. He's got a cannon for an arm, and he, he's a good leader. He, he had a three-interception game against UCLA. He was really struggling and then came back and played a flawless final five minutes of that game and two overtimes, flawless, scoring four touchdowns in that. Um that said, that's probably my number one guy that I, I that was not picked in this. And then my number two, I really like Deami Brown of um, of North Carolina. I think him and Terrace Marshall would probably be my two A two B for the, the prospects that were not picked in the first round. They're both electric wide receivers. Terrace Marshall out of LSU and UNC for Deami Brown. They're different receivers, but both can take a top off the defense. Both have diverse route trees. Um, and I think both of them will go early in the second round. So those are my, my three. And then 
I really do like Walker Little. Uh, you can see a trend here. He, he also was a tackle, but I have a legitimate reason for this one. Um, he was going to be a top 10 pick had he not got hurt um, during the first game of his junior season against Northwestern. Um, and I don't know how much the injury impacted him. And I, you got to assume a lot. That's why he's fallen. But if he can regain that form, you're getting a top 10 pick at 50. Um, so that's, that's just my two cents there. And obviously the medical staff needs to really evaluate him because of the knee injury and not playing for two years, but that's a guy who's six, seven, three, tens got great feet was an all American um, as a sophomore and all freshman as a, uh, as a freshman. So I, I don't, I'll just put my plug out there and I'm, I'm very curious to see who, who you've got, if, if any of ours overlap, but those are my three or four. Walker is definitely an interesting one and a guy as a GM, I would be terrified of just because he hasn't played and the injuries definition of big, big reward, high risk process for sure there. So yeah, I got a few definitely highlighting. I was going to mention Deami Brown and Terrence Marshall for sure. Both phenomenal wide receivers. Let's stay with those wide receivers then. So a guy you mentioned Tutu Atwell for me. I don't think he's going to go at the top of the second round, but I think whoever gets gets him is going to be very happy with the ability and the explosiveness he provides at the wide receiver position. Also, how about running back guy Travis Etienne? He if we're he's one of the 32 best players in this draft class to me. It's just the fact that he's a running back, so he's going to fall in the second round. But the, he's great contact balance, and he's a really good receiver out of the backfield. That's something teams are going to enjoy. Also, a few more of these tackles. Dylan Raddins out of Northwestern, Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame, and Alex Leatherwood. All guys that I think could be really good right tackles and potentially even solid left tackles that I think a lot of teams are going to be able to score on a little bit later in this draft. And also these, these two guys at center might be my one and two, Landon Dickinson and Creed Humphrey. Both these guys are phenomenal centers. They're awesome leaders at the position. They're both strong. There's very few flaws in their games. Once again, it's just the center position is not the most valued. So I think there's a risk they could fall there a little bit. But that, those are the main ones for me. And I'll throw in one more at inside linebacker. I do like Nick Bolton. That's a guy I actually went against in high school, knocked me on my butt a few times. He's going to do the same to NFL guys, I think. So Nick Bolton would be the last one there for me of guys that I really like that I don't think will go. I think it's interesting. We never really mentioned a safety. And I think that's just kind of a testament to the safety class. There's some solid day two, day three guys. Your Colts were able to reap the benefits of a guy like that and Julian Blackman. So I'm very interested to see how this pans out. But those are, I think, are some good sleepers. And the final thing we're going to do here, Leaf, is I have the four teams who do not have a first round pick. And we're just going to rapid fire back and forth, talk about a few of their needs and where we think they'll go a little later in the draft. So first up, what do you think the Texans draft strategy is? The Texans are an interesting one because they, their franchise was is in a bit of turmoil. Um, and they also would have had the third pick in this draft, but they traded for Laramie Tunsil. I think what you have to do is get some weapons for for Deshaun Watson because uh, hopefully he's able to play, and obviously that's a whole whole situation, but he's spectacular and gives you a chance to win no matter what. And But they're also going to be without Will Fuller for six games at the start of the season, um, and I think you just got to get the, him some weapons. Um, obviously, you'd like to protect him, but I think getting him weapons is even more important if they're trying to win football games because they just don't have many. I mean, you had Chad Hansen and Kiki QT as their one and two for the latter part of this season. Um, so I think you got to go, got to go wide receiver for them, but they also have some holes all over. This is a, this is a team franchise that is in a bit of a disarray right now. And I think there are some certain holes, but I'd go wide receiver personally. 
Yeah, they spent a lot of money on veteran players that are kind of past their primes by the looks of it to me. Yeah, wide receiver, they still have Cooks. Unfortunately, won't have Will Fuller for the entire year as he's actually a Miami Dolphin, funnily enough. So that's one thing I think that looking that for Tutu Atwell. That is absolutely true. I totally yeah. forgot about that. No, you're good. But so Tutu Atwell, I think, makes a lot of sense there. And of course, a J.J. Watt replacement would be another great move. So here's a team that just traded away their first round pick in the Kansas City Chiefs. They've done a really good job revamping the offensive line. Where do you see them going in the draft? Well, this is a team that's their first pick is going to be the 63rd pick in the draft. Um, so I don't think you're going to go for um, just just random things at this point. I think that what they can do is they can always improve their defense. I think their defense was much improved. I think maybe a, maybe a safety. Uh, Juan Thornhill is really good. Tyron Matthews, excellent, but he is getting a little older for safety position. Uh, a guy like Richie Grant from US, UCF is a guy that I think would be interesting. Um, and then I also... I'm not horribly opposed to going offensive line again. I know they just got Orlando Brown, but this is Patrick Mahomes we're talking about. You want to keep him safe, uh, whether this means getting another uh, another tackle, just an assurance player. Um, a guy like Walker Little, for instance, could be still available if teams are scared. Um, and that's a that's not that's a very high high reward for what I would say is a pretty low risk taking at the 63rd pick. Um, there, so I would say probably a safety safety maybe maybe a corner i don't see any corners around there that i really love but uh safety and offensive line is is what i'd say yeah safety is a great one and i'll touch on corner a little bit just because i think that is a fun one for them a guy like paulson adebo someone you love if he were able to fall i think he'd be a nice fit for them or even a guy like eric stokes from georgia both guys that they could use as we did see those buccaneers receivers and just tight ends get them a few times in that super bowl so two teams left first both of which in the nfc west first let's go with the Rams. what do you think they'll be doing that is a good question. I think if I'm the Rams, I'm going to go with uh, inside linebacker. I think that if, if they're able to get a guy like you talked about, Nick Bolton, I think a guy like Baron Browning could be a good fit. Um, the reason I say inside linebacker, I, I like Micah Kaiser out of Virginia. He's a rookie. But I think that that is the weakest part of their defense. That is a very strong defense. And I think you could supplement some of that defense with some superior talent and, and depth. Um, because that was something they lacked. They lacked depth. And Aaron Donald's spectacular. He's a game wrecker. Um, Jalen Ramsey's spectacular as well. But um, they didn't have a ton of depth on their defense. And if they they started to get injured, that would be concerning. Now that they've addressed their quarterback, um, getting getting Matthew Stafford, they've still got a good receiving core. Um, they've got up and coming running backs, and they've got a couple of them. So I would say I would say that inside linebacker would be my choice. Yeah, I think inside linebacker is a great one. It's kind of strange they've devalued that in the past, but one six one position they'll definitely want to put some emphasis emphasis on is safety too. John Johnson leaving in free agency is a massive loss for them. And this is honestly, I'm going to throw in a guy right here where if I'm the Rams, I'm willing to trade trade up a little bit, give up some of these later picks to come up and get this guy. If Landon Dick Dickerson starts to fall because of injury concerns, I'm moving up and grabbing him. You lost Austin Blythe in free agency, secure your franchise center. I think he can come in and is ready to win right now, help this offensive line play great football, get a guy's high character guys like him and Andrew Whitworth across that offensive line too. I think that'd just be a great move for this Rams team. But from a team that just got a new quarterback to a team to one with lots of uncertainty still in the NFC West. Yes, the Seahawks say all the right things, but do we really know? I don't think we do know how good that marriage is. So the last one, who do you have the Seahawks? What do you think their needs are? I mean, you got to keep Russ upright. Um, that, that's the first thing I would say. So offensive line, um, it, Obviously, there's going to be some some players around. I think this is one of the best offensive line classes that I've ever looked at in terms of the the depth of talent on the board. So I would say offensive line is your first one. But another one that I would 
I would contend is still a need is, is I think their corner play can improve. I, I think, I think they got, they got some pieces, but I, I would still say if there's a guy like maybe Elijah Molden, a hometown kid from Washington uh, stays in Seattle, I think he'd be a really nice fit that could slip. Um, he's undersized, but he, he tackles, he's aggressive. He makes great plays. He's a uh, all pack 12 player in his own right. Uh, I think you could go corner, but I'd say offensive line is my first answer to this one. Yeah, I agree. Offensive line. And I think this is a team in great position to take a swing on a Walker little. If he does start to fall a little bit, I think that'd be a great move. Cornerback. Yeah. They brought in Pierre Desir after losing Shaquille Griffin, but I still, I agree. Their corner play wasn't that good last year. So adding more guys will be key for them there. But that is going to do it. 32 teams down. We got some sleepers in there as well. It was a fun show. Thank you so much, Leaf, for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. It was a blast. I, uh, I'm excited to watch tomorrow. And I know I know this is, this is a big deal for you. This is a holiday for Mr. JT Wister. So he's, he does more scouting than anyone. So you guys are in good hands. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words. And yes, the NFL draft is a lot of fun. And it all goes down tomorrow night or today by the time you're listening to it. So thank you guys, as always, so much for listening to another episode of the From the Stands podcast. And I'll be back with you soon to recap the draft. Signing off.